Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We're glad you're listening this morning. If you've been listening to any of the podcasts, you will probably already know those of us that are here. I'm here today with my beautiful wife, Shay. Hi, Shay. Good morning. And our beautiful intern, Corey. Good morning, Corey. Good morning. We're just glad to be here this morning. We are trying to offer some hope and healing for folks who struggle in all areas of this life we live. So today we're going to be looking at healing from mother and father wounds and working past the struggles of trying to honor our father and mother while at the same time being able to honestly assess how we've been hurt. So that's where we're jumping in today. You, uh, If you're joining us for the first time, you will find that we try to talk about real issues and try to find real answers for issues that we are faced with today. Some people struggle with, as a Christian, if we're supposed to go back and look at our wounds. I've heard many folks say that, you know, this is not a place that I need to go. Jesus plus anything else is nothing. And so... I, we definitely believe that Jesus is our healer, but we also believe that as his, as our healer, he sometimes will take us to places of wounding that we need to find answers to, truths in, and healing for to find freedom. And so we are going to do that today. We're going to talk a little bit about wounding and where perhaps moms and dads make mistakes that lead us into our brokenness, and that's where we're jumping in today. Well, and you mentioned... That, you know, it is hard. I mean, I, I've, I've heard it as well, that it's hard for people to, you know, to really talk about, you know, the hurts they experienced growing up, or maybe even if they don't define them as hurts, um, they don't realize, you know, how deeply the wounds can be in the hurting process. And I think I just wanted to add that, that part of that, um, looking at it, is also to ensure that you don't have a root of bitterness. Because sometimes when we do have hurts growing up, you know, we may say, oh, that didn't really bother me, or I've gotten over that. But then sometimes, you know, if you kind of look at the way your life is, you know, you may have some bitterness. And it's just to ensure that that root of bitterness isn't taking hold. Absolutely. And I think it also helps to realize, I know we've come across a lot of folks in our ministry who come to us saying, I guess I either must not be saved or something's wrong with me or it didn't take the first time when I asked Jesus in my heart because I've asked him in my heart, I've asked him to come and, and be my Lord, but I still struggle with whatever, whatever sin it is. And I know that that's a difficult struggle because sometimes people look at that and say, well, it must be that you never really were saved or it must be that you, um, it wasn't a genuine life-changing uh, experience that, that changed you from sinner to being covered in the blood. And so it's kind of this process of looking at that and going, okay, what if by chance though it is 
a hurt or a besetting sin that is stuck in a place in our heart that has nothing to do with our salvation, but it's a truth that we still need that we haven't gotten to. And that's what we're going to look at today is some truths of hurts that perhaps moms and dads sometimes do by accident. I don't know that any parent, well, I don't know that most parents set out to intentionally hurt their children. But I think if you've ever sat around a family table, maybe with your extended family and, and, and everyone's talking and laughing and you start reminiscing about old times and before you know it, you're saying, oh, you know, do you remember that time that dad slammed me against the wall and, and, and yelled and screamed and hit me and, you know, I probably needed it. You know, that whole how we kind of laugh things off and act like, well, you know, you know, yeah, my dad used to beat me pretty badly, but I probably needed it. Or, yeah, my mom... You know, she was drunk most of the time, but you know what? We made it through, but it's trying not to do that. Well, and it may not even be that drastic. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes when I get together with my brothers and sisters, we joke about how, you know, our dad used to say things like, you don't use your your head for anything more than a hat rack, you know, or, you know, kind of just kind of, um, just kind of belittling comments like that, you right. know? And those are, those are subtle, and I think that's an important point. Sometimes it's very drastic and very easily seen, and sometimes it's just kind of this spirit of rejection or spirit of bitterness in a home, or sometimes or it's... Or not good enough. Yes, a critical spirit that just kind of constantly says, there's something wrong with you. And trying to look at that and realize later that still affects my life and it's caused me to head off into places that I don't really want to go, but I don't know how to get free from. Exactly. When we start talking about dealing with our healing with our mom and dad, I want to talk first of all about a loyalty, this ceiling of loyalty that sometimes folks run into that you don't understand, I'm not allowed to say anything about how my parents raised me. What do you all feel about that? Well, let me ask you a question. I know that's a difficult, it's a difficult question, but do you, have you all ever felt a loyalty that I can't really look at how my parents might have hurt me because I have to remain loyal to them because they're my parents? Sure. I mean, I've felt it. It's, <clears throat> you know, there's times when, you know, I'll look at things that hurt me from my past, and it's almost as if you're, if you acknowledge that you have hurts or that your parents hurt you, your mom or your dad hurt you, you don't want to look at that because moms and dads aren't supposed to hurt you. You know, growing up as a child, and I, and I firmly believe that each of us still have that heart of a child and the heart of the children that we were growing Absolutely. up. And so you have this, you know, this deep desire growing up to just be loved unconditionally by your mom and dad. And so I think that's where the, <clears throat> I think that's where the ceiling of loyalty comes is that, well, if I am acknowledging that they did not love me perfectly or unconditionally, then I'm somehow dishonoring them. And then I have to question, did they really love me? Well, yeah, and then I have to look at, you know, the hurt yes. there. 
And I think that's a that's a, cr- a crazy place because I think, especially for Christians, it's sometimes difficult because there's the the verse that says, honor your father and mother. And yet sometimes we struggle with if I were to look honestly at how I got hurt, then what if that means I'm actually dishonoring my parents? But I don't believe looking honestly at our hurts is dishonoring them. It's only talking truths about what happened. It also helps to say, I believe out loud even sometimes, my perception of what happened doesn't necessarily mean that it's the truth. But it's still important that I look at my own perception because it's my perception that caused my wounds. Because certainly I've worked with that in my own life. My parents, you know, we've talked about some of these things, not many of them because it's difficult to talk about. And sometimes parents don't really want to talk about how they may have made mistakes. But the ones we have, it's important to be able to say, I, this is what I felt in this situation, and to actually hear them say, wow, I never meant for that to be. And that's a, actually a beautiful statement. That's not what my intention was, says, I didn't mean to hurt you there, but it did hurt, but it's not complete truth. That's not my intent. And that can actually help heal, but it also helps a person going through their healing to begin to look at you know, I'm not being disloyal to just at least look at the honesty of what I felt and what really happened. And they can always say, I didn't intend to do that. It doesn't change that you didn't get hurt. It changed. It doesn't change that you may have still gotten hurt, but it's working through that process of, okay, I get the fact that they didn't do this on purpose, but it still hurts. Well, because in reality, you know, it's a relationship like any other relationship, when you're in a marriage or with brothers and sisters or with friends, I mean, all too often, you know, you can hurt somebody's feelings just by miscommunication or just because, you know, the way something has come across. And so it's always good to just even look at that. Yes. Flesh that out a little bit more. Um, flesh that out. <laughs> I hate it when he does that. Well, because now I'm thinking, I don't know if that's really true or not. So wait, what did you say again? That um, well, that we're that relationships. I mean, oh, par- a parent-child relationship is mm-hmm. <clears throat> is no different than you know a spouse, you know, or brother and sisters, you know, and you do things. That hurt people sometimes, and it's always good to communicate that. True. I'm not sure how to flesh that out. Because I guess I was thinking if you communicate it, then you can, one, you can clear up any miscommunication or misunderstandings, and that might help a lot if there was, you know, something like that. Sure. Well, and sometimes I think... And I hate to say this, but I guess I'm I'm looking at my own parents and kind of, you know, from talking to other people that, you know, there's some some kind of general statements that are made, you know, kind of like that whole thing about the the hat rack you don't use in, you know, you know, or what are you using your brains for? I don't know that those were always seen 
intentionally as these can be very harmful words that I'm speaking over my child as much as, you know, it's just kind of the way it was, you know, it was just comments. So I think it's saying, you know, this really hurts because I'm really starting to believe that I'm really don't have a good head on my shoulders. Right. And I I get, and I think it's important to say that. I I think it's important if anyone goes through their healing to look at that and go, okay, I can imagine that my dad probably didn't intentionally think that this is going to destroy my self-worth because it's going to keep telling me how dumb I am. But I think it's important to look at that honestly and say, what did it really tell me? Well, it did tell me that he doesn't think very highly of my intelligence. Well, and you know what? I was just sitting here, and I can think of another example that's not really seen as a negative, okay? One thing that my dad... One thing that my dad would say, it was like, it was very... um, It was a good thing to be strong. And, you know, he would refer to me as being a tough cookie. You know, you're such a tough cookie. And that was... And that to me, that was like a really place that, wow, you know, I was proud. I made my dad proud because I was a tough cookie. However, that really ended up being more hurtful to me because, you know, it became harder for me to embrace my femininity because I felt like I had to be strong. Sure. And so I was not allowed to really be weak or show my weakness, you know, as as a girl. Or And I know that there's probably a lot of folks out there that are going to say, oh, you know, well, you don't have to be a weak feminine person. But I think that everybody needs to be able, even men need to be able to show weakness and to be able to cry or to be able to say they're hurt or they're sad. And when that's taken away, you know, and it wasn't really taken away intentionally, you know, maybe he thought he was saying something good, um, but but it, it gave me a place that I had to be strong. Absolutely. And for listeners, if we broke that down in some places, you probably would find that your father didn't feel like he could be sensitive or weak because that would make him feel weak. Oh, true. And so it made him feel better. Like if he ever saw you crying, it probably made him feel upset because he doesn't know how to handle he didn't like crying. It. Right. So if he doesn't like crying, then he teaches his, his daughter I don't want you to cry, therefore I don't have to feel bad, therefore you can remain strong, and that makes me feel good about this place. Exactly. So it's really part of his hurt that he passes down to you that then, you know, can become a hurt that you pass down, and that's the broken place. And that's kind of what we're trying to show here, is that it's okay to look at what might have felt good at the time, but becomes a broken place. Yes, and it's and it's not saying that I didn't love my dad. Absolutely. It's saying that what happened or the th- some of the things you know that he said or the ways kind of the way he had things set up it it was just hurtful to me and he may not have ever realized that, you know. And so um but I think it is important and it's not it's not breaking loyalty, you know, by by saying these things. It's just 
It's just looking at it realistically and why what why did I have such a hard time, you know, being weak? Why did I see that I had to be so strong and and which ended up, you know, having me block people out of my life because, you know, I just had this wall around me. Sure. And that's the beautiful statement right there is that if we could understand that our brokenness is not we're not going back and trying to crucify our parents. We're just going back and being truthful without dishonoring and being or nor being disloyal to just go back and look and see where their hurts beget our hurts, which then cause us to, to hurt others, either by shutting the other people out or by building walls around ourselves or teaching our kids to be to be tough. You know, all those things, if we can look at that, that's the only journey is how do I make sure I'm not carrying the hurts of my parents down to the next generation. Right. And and I think it's also important to realize that, yes, it does say in the Bible to honor your father and mother, but it also says for the for the parents to not exasperate their children. Absolutely. And so if it's if it's saying that then what does what happens when you do exasperate your children? Absolutely. You know, what is the outcome of that? You know, because you're rearing your children, you're raising your children up and if you're exasperating them or you know doing things that are have negative consequences or negative results then what is the result of that for the recipient, for the children? Sure. And and as they grow up, how does that affect their life? What makes them tick? That's right. And if a child can't go back and look at where did I perhaps get hurt, then sometimes they're taught even by their parents that it's always your fault when you disappoint us. Sometimes that's a brokenness right. of a parent is – we need you to be perfect. It makes us feel like a successful parent if you're perfect. So it never really allows that kid to go back and look at why do I feel like such a failure? Well, I just am because my hat, my head's only good for a hat rack, and therefore I messed up here because I couldn't make this parent happy or that parent happy. And so therefore I'm really not supposed to question that because that's another rule we learned in our family don't go looking for, for what we do. You just need to look at what you do, and therefore you'll make us happy. So there's no place in that journey for a kid to look up and go, wait a minute, why do I do the things I do? Why, do I, why am I still feeling like a failure? Why is it that I don't have success in my life or freedoms in my life? I'm not even allowed to look at that because that door has already been closed by the comment of you're not allowed to question us you just need to look at why you can't be better. And that's the journey of trying to look at, you know, what did my parents teach me? Sometimes people say comments a lot of times when I've opened this door and I'll say, let's talk a little bit about your mom and dad. The very first thing I hear is this immediate, very emphatic quote that says, I know my mom and dad loved me. And I always say back to them, or I try to, how do you know? Because sometimes it's important to define how did you know they loved you? Sometimes people respond with, well, they told me all the time, and that's cool. And sometimes people respond with, well, I just knew. And then it's important to ask, why, how did you know? <clears throat> well, look at what they did for me. They 
they bought my clothes, they paid for my school, they put a roof over my head. And so those are the places of trying to figure out, okay, do I just know people love me by what they do for me? Did I really know that I was loved or did I just know that I was provided for? What do you all think about that? The first thing that comes to my mind is what if you think you're, I don't even know how to put this, but you're loved based on like control or something, you know, because it doesn't like, because they have such control or because they, they are so, I mean, this might be a specific thing, but if it's not really love, but it it feels kind of like love because it's like, well, they obviously care. Am I making sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you can kind of interpret that as love or figure out how that is them loving you or they obviously care. It's not like they're just like whatever, you know what I mean? But isn't that interesting because that's a, that is a, a very good example of what Shay was saying earlier about those subtle places that kind of feel they're not so drastic as, you know, your piece of crap kind of a, that a parent says to a kid, but it's kind of, there's another place of a subtle brokenness is we love you because we control you. We love you because we tell you how to be. And when you be the way we like you to be, then we can love you. And our love is sometimes all encompassing, meaning you have to check in with us. You have to make sure you're doing things the way that we want them done. You have to make sure that, and all of that says we care for you. Right. And I, and I don't know if, <clears throat> I don't know if the parent that does that actually would be able to say, I'm doing this because I'm controlling the situation. Absolutely. You know, I think it's more just if, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost like a teacher. I When I listen to it, it's like a teacher saying you need to do this, this, and this, and if you do it, you get a gold star. You know, and and as long as my children are kind of in line, you know, that then they're doing what I tell them to do, and I'm good. Right. And that means I'm a successful parent because they're behaving and doing what I tell them. But it doesn't allow much for free thinking. And I know that, you know, as you're raising children, you can't let them all be just free thinkers from the age of two, you know. Um, you know, because you do have to guide them, you know, but at some point it's important, you know, that the free thinking, you know, is able to come into play. Right. <laughs> and I think it might be important there to look at, at situations of what would happen if, like in that particular situation, a place of hurt might be able to be seen. If you look at the alternative, what would happen if I said, no, Dad, I don't want to do that. Then you might find what happens next is then that's when the control gets a little harder because now it's, well, now I'm going to press in even further because you don't really get a choice here. And I understand what you're saying is teaching, but sometimes it's it kind of becomes more overbearing than that to I need you to behave this way and that means I love you. And if it's uh, if you, if a child says, no, I don't really want to do that, then yes, there's that whole balance between train up a child in the way they should go. So 
What do I do with a six-year-old who keeps saying no? But that's much different than a 12-year-old who says, no, I don't really want to do it today, but can I do that tomorrow? And starting to give that child some freedom. Well, I I just want to say, as a kid, you don't really know who you are. I mean, you're not aware that it's like who your parents tell you you are is like, you're like, I guess that's who I am. I mean, because you don't know. So if, if you're being kind of sculpted or maybe manipulated a certain way or whatever, even if it's very subtle, then if you don't want that, if you turn away from it, it's like your parents are may discourage you. I, I mean, I have an, can I use an example? Absolutely. Like, you know, like when I was a kid, my mom was not comfortable with regular like masculinity because of her own childhood yeah so i don't i know she didn't probably didn't even realize what she was doing but i was very discouraged from doing regular masculine things so when i even if i was rowdy it was like i was really that was not okay i was like i was in trouble so i learned to be very tame and very you know um cautious and all this stuff and so it's like, it felt like if I wasn't that way, then I wasn't being who I was supposed to be. And so then I was not being loved. You know, I didn't feel like, I felt like I was in trouble for something I, I didn't really understand. So it was, it was like, it molded me into something that I just assumed my mom knows who I am. I mean, I guess this is wrong, you know? Absolutely. So, I don't even know what I'm, what I, where I'm going with that. Well, but that you makes know. a lot of sense. And then, and then it, I guess it probably gets to a point, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. But does it get to a point where, where then you know, as you as you move into adulthood, does it get more difficult to even try to try things that are more what you would perceive as more masculine things? Does it kind of is it kind of scary or like oh I don't well yeah it, I'm not sure I can even do that yeah because it feels like I I'm if I do I'm at that place where I started as a kid that I need to you know I didn't get to do that so if I'm doing it now it's like I'm still stuck way back at a younger age yeah. so it's harder to do it's not natural anymore I think it would have been but it was you know so. Well, and as a child, you think, I mean, I think that's one of the struggles is that as a child, you think that your parents know everything. I mean, you're just a child. And so you think they know best, you know, Mm -hmm. you do as your mom and dad say, do as your mom says, do as your dad says, you know, and so you, you really trust, I think, in a childlike way that they know what they're talking about. And so I, I can see how that can just, I mean, that can wreak, wreak havoc. Yes. You know? Well, because in that place is exactly what we're talking about is training. That's training right there. That's a parent training a child, and the child just is young. He looks up, she looks up and says, I guess this is the way I'm supposed to be. This is what makes my mom happy. or This is what makes my dad happy. But in the end of that, it may make them happy in their broken place, but ultimately it it 
undermines the health of that child because then they can't be who they're meant to be because they're still trying to be they're still trying to live up to the training they got that says no be this way and that's really all we're looking at is those kinds of places that were hurtful i mean they ultimately do hurt because it takes away you know it takes away a child's natural want to be who they are, and it redirects it to let me be who my parent wants me to be. And I get that that's hard to look at, but it's a truth in trying to understand that is a true hurt. It's not me trying to down my mom or my dad, but it's a true hurt of I am not who I was meant to be because of this hurt, and now I've got to go back and relive this and kind of retrain to become who I'm supposed to be. Whether it's being told that I can't really be the man I'm meant to be, or whether it's being told that I, I'm, my, I'm not as smart as I should be, or I'm not allowed to feel in this family. You know, those are broken places, and that's all we're, we're looking at is to try to say, are you willing to look at your broken places to see what exactly hurt you without this ceiling of, oh, I can't look there because I must honor my dad or honor my mom and look at the way that they loved me rather than sometimes being able to look at the way they hurt me. And how does that affect me today? Because when it does affect us, we don't generally go back and go, well, I bet that was my mom who caused that. We just look at it in the moment of, well, I just am a screw up. I can't get this right. I don't know why I keep having, you know, different relationships or why I keep having struggles with work or why I can't seem to maintain friendships. You know, we don't look at those things and go, I bet that was started back there. We only know to look at ourselves, and that's not always a helpful place to stay. Well, we've just kind of scratched the surface of looking at mother and father wounds and trying to go past this honor your father and mother to a place of honestly assessing the hurts that mom and dad perhaps have accidentally done. We want to tell parents out there, because so far, two out of the three of us are parents. Corey's not a parent yet, but maybe someday. But uh, we are not here to tell parents that they do it wrong or to, to sit here and judge their, their best. We do honor their best. We honor our best. We did the best we knew how. But We also don't want to live in that place of, well, I did the best I could. We want to keep looking at how can I do better. And we always say that we hope that when our kids end up on a couch someday that they get a good good counselor. That's right. Someone who helps them go to the places of their own healing because we know we didn't do it all correctly. That's right. So if you're a parent out there, this is not to cause you to go, oh, great, they're telling me I really messed everything up. What it is for is... Am I willing to at least look at, and if my kid really would like to come to me and talk openly about what I might have done to hurt them, am I willing to at least hear that and not go straight to defense, which is, well, I did the best I could, or I did, you know, your mom and I never tried anything. We never tried to hurt you. It's like, let me just look at it. Maybe I did hurt you. Maybe I'm willing to open my heart to see that I'm sorry that it actually hurt you. And can we just sit there for a minute? So thank you for listening in. If you're a mom and dad, we hope that you go to the places of looking at where things might have gotten off track. If you're a hurting person, uh, someone who needs healing, 
maybe you'll be a little bit more available to looking at your mom and dad wounds now and just saying, maybe God, I'd be willing to look at it and allow myself to see truth. Again, we're, we're just thankful that you're listening in. You're listening to Healing Hidden Wounds podcasts and radio, and we thank you for being here. This is sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We're located in South Texas, and we do Skype counseling, FaceTime counseling, any kind of internet web counseling all over the country and internationally, actually. So if you are listening and you'd like to, to check in with us and say, hey, I might be interested in talking, you're welcome to contact us at 210-887-9007. You can go to our website at www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. You can also email me directly at lee at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. We'd love to hear from you.